Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Wal-fajri walayalin ashri Wal-shafi wal-watri Wal-layli idha yasri Hal fi thalika qasamun Lidhi hijr Alam tara Kayfa fa'ala rabbuka Bi'ad Iramadatil Imad Alladhi Lam yukhlaq mithluha Filbilad وثمود الذين جابوا الصخر بالواد وفرعون ذي الأوتاد صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Respected elders, brothers and sisters Living in a time where all around us, the only thing that we hear nowadays is bad news. It's as if good news has just become the thing of the past. Early in the morning when you turn on your radio or you access the internet, the only information which is coming to you is bad news. We no longer hear good news anymore. And especially in these times when we are surrounded by fitna all around. And such times when those fitnas can become very destructive. And then we find ourselves and we start asking ourselves this question that how can I protect myself against that fitna? When we look into the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has foretold us everything Many of the signs that will be occurring before the day of judgment, everything was told But unfortunately when we start to hear this topic, when we start listening to the signs of the day of judgment or regarding any fitna the first question that comes into our mind or the objection we start making is please don't talk about this topic because you're scaring us. Early in the morning when we wake up, I'm sure we all listen to the weather forecast. And the reason why we listen is so that way we can prepare ourselves ahead of time. It's not so that way we can be scared, but rather so that way I can be prepared from uh, before, uh, from beforehand They're telling you That there's snow out there There's ice out there there's the, the, the road conditions are very dangerous Now if a person was to say You know they're just scaring me I don't want to turn this on I don't want to listen This is the forecast of Rasulullah Whether a person wants to hear Or he doesn't want to hear it The person who prepares ahead of time And plans ahead of time Will be the only person that will be saved Imam Muslim 
and the authority of Abu Musa al-Ashari radiallahu ta'ala'an mentions that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said النجوم أمانتن للسماء The stars are like a protection for the sky That as long as those stars are there, the sky will be there in its place فَإِذَا ذَهَبَتِ النُّجُومُ آتَ السَّمَاءَ مَا تُوَعَدْ But as soon as these stars are gone, then such disaster will be there in the universe that now there can be nothing that will stop anything from going up or coming down. Everything will just be all over the place. Because of these stars being a protection for the universe. Then Rasulullah ﷺ mentions, وَأَنَا أَمَنَةٌ لِأَصْحَابِي And I am a protection for my companions, my sahaba. And then when I'm gone, أَتَى أَصْحَابِي مَا يُعَدُونَ Then my sahaba will start to face such difficult times after me, after my, after my demise. And then similarly, وَأَصْحَابِي أَمَنَةٌ لِأُمَّتِي And my companions are like a protection for my entire ummah. And as soon as my companions are gone, فَإِذَا ذَهَبَ أَصْحَابِي أَتَى أُمَّتِي مَا يُعَدُونَ Then as soon as my companions are gone, then my ummah will be faced with such difficult trials and tribulations. In another hadith we find Rasulullah wasallam saying, أَصْحَابِي النجوم. That my stars, my, my companions are like stars. Yes, we do find some of the muhaddithin saying or classifying this hadith as weak. But the reason why I'm mentioning this hadith over here is to show you that why is it weak? Is because sometimes we think that if a hadith is weak, then it's completely ignored or it's completely put to the side, it's no longer acceptable. But the question is that, is the message of this hadith not acceptable? As we can see from the previous hadith, that the message of this hadith is very clear, it's, it's acceptable. Yes, maybe the chain of narrators might not be acceptable, or maybe some of the wordings might not be acceptable. But as you can see that my companions are like stars, we understand this from the other hadith, it's confirming to the other hadith. Imam Muslim, he mentions on the authority of Hudayfat ibn al-Yaman now amongst all of the Sahaba, we find that there were certain Sahaba that were much of a greater protection for the Ummah than the other ones. Hudayfat ibn al-Yaman radiallahu ta'ala'an, he mentions that once we were sitting around Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala'an, when he decided to ask us, does any one of you remember any of those signs of the Day of Judgment that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi had told us about? Hudayfa radiallahu ta'ala'an says, Ana ya Amirul Mu'mineen I am the one who remembers some of those signs What are those signs? So that he went on in, saying, in, in mentioning those signs which were minor Something that you, know, you and I can probably narrate Or something which is generally mentioned Umar ibn Khattab was not satisfied at this And he says Laysa an hadha as'aluk I'm not asking you regarding this sign I'm asking you regarding those signs that will be coming like the, the huge waves of the ocean. And if any one of us has gone for a boat ride or, or a ride in a ship, and maybe you were just going on it for fun or for vacation or something like that, when suddenly the tides are 
the waves start becoming very high, suddenly your vacation or that moment of joy suddenly becomes very dangerous. Now you start fearing for your life. He says, I'm asking regarding those signs that are like tsunamis. That before this sign ends, this fitna ends, there's another fitna which is taking over. And before that second fitna can come to an end, there's a third fitna which is coming. And a person is just surrounded by fitna all over. He doesn't know where to go. Huzayfa says that if that's what you're asking, then laysa alayka biha ba'san ya amir al-mu'mineen. You have nothing to worry about. Inna baynaka wa baynaha baaban mughlaqa. Because between you and those fitnas, there's a strong door which is locked. Fitnas won't come in as long as you're there. Umar radiallahu ta'ala, he says, Ayuksarul babu am yuftah. Will that door be opened or will that door be broken? Hudayfa radiallahu ta'ala says that no, that door will be broken. Idan ahra Allah yughlaqu abada. If that's the case, then that door will never be closed. Sometime after, some of the Sahaba they came and they started asking Hudayfa radiallahu ta'ala that you and Umar radiallahu ta'ala both had a discussion and we didn't understand what you were talking about, which door you were referring to. Who was that door? What was that door? What were you talking about? He says that Umar radiallahu ta'ala is that door to those fitnas that will be coming in. And as we can see that Umar radiallahu ta'ala did not die a natural death. He was martyred. And after his demise, we see that all the doors of fitnas were just opened. In these times, what is Rasulullah telling us? Hasten towards good deeds. Do not delay. Because such fitnas will come which won't allow you to perform good deeds. Hasten towards good deeds. Sometimes we delay our good deeds. We think that, you know, I'll perform it later. And if a person is thinking to himself, then, you know, once I retire and I, I have a very big business, maybe at that time I'll go and start spending or donating in the, in the, in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or a person starts thinking to himself, that I'll start performing my salah when I have absolutely no more responsibilities left, and I have nothing on my head, that's when I'll, when I'll start performing my salah. Subhanallah, how do you even know that you'll be living till that time? Is there any guarantee that as soon as you walk out of this masjid, you'll be alive? We like to plan so far ahead. But we're, sh- we're so short-sighted. Because these fitnas will be like the dark portions of the night. It will be encompassing a person from all around. يُسْبِحُ الرَّجُلُ فِيهَا مُؤْمِنًا وَيُمْسِي كَافِرًا وَيُمْسِي مُؤْمِنًا وَيُسْبِحُ كَافِرًا And times will become so delicate that at, at night time this person was speaking so good about Islam and, and, and in the evening this person was a believer and now by the time it's morning this person is already, has already turned away from Islam. Or in the morning this person was a believer by the time it's night this person has gone against Islam. He has nothing good to say about Islam anymore. And what will be the main cause of this? People will be selling their deen just for trivial uh, worldly gains. 
I'm selling my deen because I need some worldly materials. And subhanAllah, when we hear this hadith, normally we start looking around, yeah, you know, I know that brother, he's involved in that fitna, and he's doing this and he's doing that, and then we forget ourselves that these hadith are there to, so that way we can learn them and protect ourselves. If someone else is involved in that fitna, first we need to look at ourselves. Am I involved in this fitna or no? And usually those people that think or they feel that they are immune against fitna or any other types of things, those people are the first people to fall in those fitnas. If a person thinks to himself that, you know, I don't need anything, I'll be going straight into Jannah. Then now there's a doubt whether this person will be going straight into Jannah or not. Sometimes we like to judge other people. When we start pointing fingers at other people, not even knowing that person's situation. That maybe that person is doing something because of some need or for some other reason behind it. And I'm jumping to conclusion and I'm, I'm, I'm judging this person. Who am I to judge, judge this person? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in that position to judge a person. We see a person performing his salah. And now this person has such a hard time, difficult time getting up from, from sajda to, to qiyam. And now we start looking at him and saying, you know, that person, he doesn't even know how to perform his salah. At least I perform my salah better than him. How do you not know what type of pain that person is going to? That person has a back pain, he has a knee problem, he has something that he's going through, you are completely unaware of that person's situation. But no, we just like to point our fingers. Or sometimes, a person wants to do something good from his side. But then he starts to say that the reason why I'm not performing that good deed is because I don't have a beard. The reason why I'm not performing my salah is because I don't have a beard. Subhanallah, there are two different things. Maybe because of this good deed, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might give you the tawfiq to perform another good deed. That doesn't mean that I stop one good deed because of the other one that I'm not performing. A lot of times we hear people saying that the reason why I don't perform my salah regularly is because, uh, because I don't perform my salah. So I feel bad just performing one or two salahs. Subhanallah, that doesn't mean that we just leave it out completely. So look what the Prophet is telling us. That when these fitnas will be around us, and they won't be just the dark portions, they'll be so dark like the dark portions of the darkest nights. Sometimes nights can become very, very dark. Those fitnas can be in a person's pocket, the, per the fitnas can be all around this person. The word hasir is being used inside of the, in the hadith, that it'll be like a carpet, just the way a person is surrounded by a, by a carpet, fitnas will be surrounding this person from all over. You take out your hand in the middle of the night, you have something written on it, you can't even see what's written on it. This person will completely be lost in fitna, he won't even know that I'm in fitna right now. And at that time, Rasulullah is telling us, that a person will just be selling his deen for worldly gains. Not so long ago, there was a masjid that was being sued by a brother who was working inside of the masjid. He was working for the masjid, he fell off the ladder, he broke his bone, and now him and the masjid are in the court. And this person is trying to sue the masjid. Why? For my own personal benefits. 
It doesn't matter if it's hurting Islam, it doesn't matter if it's hurting Muslims, it doesn't matter if it's hurting the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all the donations that people are giving to the masjid for the, so that way Islam can spread. No, I just need that money for myself. I don't care about anything else. Just imagine if this becomes a situation of a person. It's not like that, that money is going to remove that person's pain or bring his bone back. What is he getting out of it? But no, A person is doing things for worldly materials. And in those times, Rasulullah is telling us that hold strong onto your deen. Because fitnas will become so strong that a person will be walking past a cemetery, walking past a graveyard, and he will start to say that I, am, I, am, I have fallen, in, or there are such great fitnas around me that I wish that I was in the position of this person who's there inside of the grave. I just, I just had enough of life. I can't take life anymore. There's too much fitna around me. So in those times, what is Rasulullah instructing us to do? What is he telling us? That when you are faced with those situations, don't you think that you know, we are living in that era? Really, if we pick up the books of history and we look inside, we'll find that the most amount of fitnas that had occurred throughout the history of Islam was in this era that we're living in right now. A beautiful advice that Rasulullah is giving us. He's telling us that when that time comes, وَأَتَّمِرُوا بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنَاهَوَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ Start enjoining good and start forbidding evil. Because why? Because a time will come, حَتَّى إِذَا رَأَيْتَ شُحًا مُطَاعًا You will start to see people that are extremely greedy. You can give a person very little, but now this person is so greedy, he just wants to have more. And no matter how much you give this person, the person just wants more and more. People will just be following their desires. Don't you see those people that have made their desires their own gods? It's as if what this person's desires are telling him, that's the only thing that this person is following. He has absolutely no regards for the teachings of Rasulullah or for the book of Allah. And when you see those type of people, then Rasulullah says, the fitna will not just stop over here, there will be even more fitna. You will see people that are also giving preferences to the dunya. People will be giving preferences to the dunya. And people will just be so adamant upon their opinions. That if I said so, then it has to be like this. As if you know this person is receiving wahi. My way or the highway. The reason why I don't want to talk to this person is because this person doesn't listen to me. Or he, has no, he, doesn't, listen to, he doesn't consider my opinions. The Prophet is telling us that once you are faced with those type of fitnas, then فَعَلَيْكَ بِخَاصَّةِ نَفْسِكَ Then the only thing that you need to worry about is yourself now. 
Because now nobody will listen to you. Now there are just fitnas all around you. And there's nothing that anybody that you can do to save anybody else. If nobody is listening to you, now you only have to worry about your own self. Now you just got to worry about your own family members, your own children, and how you will enter into Jannah. This is the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put us in this position. Where when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to elevate the status of a person, or He wants to elevate the status of this ummah, then remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring these situations about. It's a very common understanding nowadays. That we start to think that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me a lot, then I'm the most dearest person to Allah. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was to take everything away from me, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, billah, He has turned away from me. Subhanallah, we feel as if Allah takes everything away from us, then it's as if Allah is angry with us. When you look in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, how many of his own children survived throughout his life? Does that mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was angry with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? How much hardships and difficulties that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had to go through? Ashaddu nasi bala'an al-anbiya thumma al-amthal fal-amthal. The person who's the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that person who goes through the most amount of difficulties. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting us through this situation, what is it that we have to offer back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Some time ago, we were begging non-Muslims to come and ask us about our Islam. We were going from door to door, knocking so that way people can come and learn about Islam from us. Now subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put us in such a position where everybody wants to just come and learn our deen from us. But unfortunately, this has become the time when we are leaving our own deen. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Sometimes these situations are such that Allah is using this situation to filter out the believers, the true believers, and the munafiqeen. Are we part of the believers or are we part of the munafiqeen? All that we have to worry about is that Allah does not filter us out along with the munafiqeen. Those people that just go in accordance to how the situation is. That if the situation is according to my way, then I'll be a practicing Muslim. But no sooner when I'm faced with such situations or oppositions, then that's it, I see my way out. And really it's gone so far that we even go to the extent of changing our names. Muhammad becomes Mo. Jabber becomes Jay. And we're doing everything possible to cover our identities. Who's responsible for this? When Islam is being given a bad name, who's responsible? Is it the people who are giving Islam a bad name? Or is it those people that are thinking that Islam is a bad religion? Or is it those good people that are hiding their Islams from the people so that way people don't even know what Islam is? Who's responsible? And remember that Rasulullah told us that when we are put in this situation, this is our best time 
to get as close as possible to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the Prophet mentioned that the, the last portion of my ummah when they do any amal, even though that amal might be very strong, but it will be equivalent to those great amals that the, uh, that the previous nations have done or the previous people of this ummah have done. This is an opportunity from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing us with these opportunities. We just need, we just need to take uh, time and do amal upon these things. We need, we need to take out time and to bring the sunnahs of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam into our lives. Time is very valuable. Every second that passes by will never return. Seconds and minutes from our life are going away. And sometimes when we, when we ask the youth, especially on the weekends, that you know, what are you doing on the weekends? Or you know, he's bored, he has nothing better to do. He'll just tell you, you know, I'm... I'm laying there on the couch or I'm just sleeping, I'm just trying to kill time. But he doesn't understand that he's not killing time, time is killing him. That those seconds that are leaving will never come back. And if you want to know the value of time, ask a businessman, he'll tell you that time is money. Once a scholar was passing through the streets of Baghdad, and he says that I always pondered over this verse, خسر, Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking the oath of time? What's so special about time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking oath of it? I never understood it. Until I passed through the streets of Baghdad and I saw one person who was over there, he was selling some ice. He was trying to sell his merchandise. And he was calling out to the people and he's saying, Oh people, quickly come, come. Before this ice melts, and every second that was passing by, you could see that there's water dripping from that ice. And he's saying, quickly, quickly, before it finishes. And he's running around all over the place. He says that, now I understood this verse. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took oath in time. It's very valuable. Time is not something to be wasted. If any thought comes into our mind that I need to perform this good deed, then do it now. Because it's the trick of shaitan that shaitan always tries to make us delay. Shaitan will tell us that, you know, just postpone this until afterwards. When you have better time or you're in a better situation, then you, maybe you can come back. Sometimes we make a niyyah, we make an intention before we go to sleep that, you know, inshallah, tomorrow in the morning I'll get up before Salat al-Fajr and I'll perform two rakahs. And we don't even get up for Fajr Salah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us this understanding. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us steadfast upon his deen and to revive the sunnahs of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam regardless of what type of fitnas that we are surrounded by. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us for his deen and that way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can also help us be steadfast upon his deen. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa lisairi al-muslimin wa al-muslimatu akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.